Patrice's playlist. Well, it's good listening. Hi, I'm Patrice Patrick, and I am the founder of Together Good Co., which is a community that gets to encourage and serve single women as well as creatives. I have my own background in the entertainment industry and events as well as ministry. I also am the creator of a teaching series called The Beautiful Connection Method, which is geared towards my single ladies out there who are wanting to connect to their femininity and also rest into their love story. So if you're curious about that community or my teaching series, you can visit my website, togethergoodco.com, and I'm on all the socials at togethergoodco. Now let's talk about this episode's amazing guest. Okay, so our guest in this episode is the incredible Juanita Ingram. And you all know that we just finished um, my Good Guys series, which I have gotten so much incredible feedback. We will do that again, a Good Guys series in the future. But right now, I wanted to really highlight some incredible, wild, beautiful women. And so Juanita is kicking that off for us in this portion um, of this season. So I'm super excited for you to get to know her. She's a new friend of the podcast now, and she is a multi-hyphenate. What does that mean? Multi-hyphenate means she does all the things. She's an attorney. She's an actress. She's an author. She's an executive producer of a show that you can stream on Amazon Prime with her family. What? All the things. And then, of course, we talk about dating and relationships. And she says one of my favorite lines, and I'm going to reference it at the end of this uh, podcast episode when um, I see you guys or get to talk to you guys at the end of this episode. I'll tell you what my favorite line was. But there are so many beautiful nuggets that she shares in this conversation. And really one of my big, big takeaways was the miracle stories that she has with God. And I like to kind of reference that as, you know, our secret history. You know, we all get to have a secret history with God and she lets us in on that secret history, which is incredible. And then also perseverance. I mean, doing this faith walk and trusting God is not always easy. And um, she just inspired me to continue and to persevere in the midst of this. So I, I pray that you are incredibly encouraged and I will see you on the other side of this conversation. So let's sit down and chat with Juanita Ingram. I was uh, one of those kids, I was raised in the church. Okay. And so my mother was a minister of music since she was eight years old. She's a very talented, gifted, wow. anointed musician. Okay. Um, I've been in the church my entire life. I was raised underneath the organ. So my wow. car seat sat right underneath the organ. I, yes. I grew up, my mother plays all instruments. She is okay. actually a retired school teacher, music teacher, Okay. 32 years in the public school system, but has all, I've always been in church. Um, wow. My grandfather was a deacon. My uncles were pastors. My father okay. is, a, is a pastor now. Wow. Um, and so I just grew up in church. But, you know, you can have religion and not have relationship. So there's a whole, there's a whole thing. Um, I think my relationship really started to grow. And, but I will, I will give credit to my parents and especially my grandmother, um, who I'm named after. Mm. She turns 92 next month. Um, Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I wish I could be there with her, but I was there for her 90th birthday. Okay. But 
you know, we were in church every Sunday on Wednesday okay. uh, for, for Bible study, Thursday for choir practice. And I was yeah. one of those kids. And I think I had a, a very strong upbringing in the church, which was a tremendous blessing because while you are giving your children and prayerfully giving them relationship, mm-hmm. but giving them a lot of word, the word of God is so true. Like when you really embed that, they will not depart. Mm. And so I, you know, went through the regular teenage years and went to college and it was in college. Uh, I went to Tennessee State University. Okay. And it was there around age 19 that I really think my relationship started to grow because okay. I was just Christian out of contact, being that I had mm. multiple contacts with just constant yes. contact Christian out of contact. You yeah. know, just constantly in the church. Yeah. And and I knew all the scriptures and um, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. But my relationship uh 19 really brought me to the Lord. And then going to law school really helped because I, I tell people all the time, law school is a come to Jesus kind of moment. You, really? You yeah. I, I honestly don't think I would have made it through without a real relationship with okay. Christ. Okay. And um because of, of various reasons. I am the first generation attorney in my family. It's not like I come from a family of attorneys. You know, my mother's a teacher. My dad is a vice chancellor at a university and a pastor now. Wow. And I, you know, education was always really important, but my undergrad degree is in accounting. Okay. And so I was of a discipline. One plus one is always two. Mm-hmm. When I got to law school. Now I can argue that maybe it shouldn't be two. You know, we <laughs> considered other factors. It yes. was a different discipline. I had a yeah. very rough first semester. I had a professor uh, uh, advisor that told me to drop out of law school that because I made so many C's my first semester that I should drop out. I should go across the street, get my MBA at the business school and wow. never come back. But I knew what God had said. And I knew what he had told me that this is something that I was meant to do when I was in the eighth grade. Mm. Um, I heard clearly that this is what God, I wanted to help people. And this is what God wanted me to do. Really? And so I had, yes. And I was waitlisted to even get into law school. Uh-huh. I packed my bags anyway. I just stepped out on faith. Again, this journey of relationship mm-hmm. um, and trusting God. I packed my trunk anyway. I drove from Chattanooga to Memphis. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I drove to the University of Memphis, even though I was waitlisted. And by the time I got there, I had been admitted and had a full scholarship. By the time I arrived five hours later, God's record is good with me. My journey is, I I just, I know him. I know him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And so a lot of people people have like religion, Mm -hmm. but there have been things, tangible things that God has done that there's mm. the only way that I am mm. here mm. is because of him. So even I remember after my really first rough semester, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have guidance. I didn't, you know, a lot of kids or students in law school had like fathers who were attorneys or mothers, or they had mentors or some kind of, I just went there blind and fresh as me and Jesus. And I was just like, yes, you got to show me how to study. I don't even know how to do this because one plus one is always two. It was just such a foreign concept for me. And yeah. I remember praying in the basement of the law school, asking God, like, you know, um, 
can you show me how to study? Can you show me? Because, you know, law school is competitive. That was the other thing too. I went from an HBCU uh-huh. where literally living a different world every day. Yes. Like if I had to study God, everybody had to study God. We were yeah. a big family. Yeah. Um, I, went, I went from an all black high school, middle mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. college uh-huh. to now going to a majority, majority white institution mm-hmm. with the competition and the environment was a little bit different. Sure. And, you know, we had in my, as does every law school class, people would rip the pages out of the law book so that you couldn't get the answers. That's law school. That's, it happens. It is not unique. It's not anything bad that happened. It is, it, it is common. Wow. But in that type of um, really cutthroat kind of competitive environment, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how to, and no one was going to help you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I remember wow. praying, preparing for exams, saying, okay, God, and, and I didn't do this the first semester and I did it the second semester. God, can you show me? Mm. Because it's, we only have one exam each semester. So that's, and that's it. Oh my, so my goodness. And I, God would show me the exact pages that the questions were coming from. And that's when I knew that I knew that I, I'm like, okay, God, not Listen. only you literally take me to the page that the questions were going to come from. And I mean, I, every single time I passed the bar exam, the very first time I prayed my way through it the entire time. And so he's been there, um, very present in addition to like heartbreak and some other things that have happened to mm-hmm. and God's presence has just been made manifest in a very tangible and real way. So my relationship, um, and getting to know, <clears throat> getting to know him, and then mm-hmm. studying his word so I would know his character, so I would know his nature, mm-hmm. so that the enemy couldn't whisper in my ear and tell me this mm-hmm. is not going to happen for you. And that this, no, that's not what God has for me because that's not God. Mm-hmm. And really getting to know him and studying for myself because I can't ride in on the coattails of my grandfather into heaven, you know, as much as I would Ooh. love to to ride yeah. in on, on their faith yeah. um, and being raised in the church. Mm-hmm. It was my own relationship. And having to deal with my own character, mm-hmm. deal with my own development um, and purpose and finding what God wanted me to do in every season, because it changes. Mm, yeah. you know, God's blessings are stored up and they are poured out new mm. every day, as mm. the word of God says. And so mm. searching through even identity as an adult mm-hmm. and being a multi-hyphenate and, and embracing that, because you hear the narrative from the world yeah. telling you that you are fragmented and crazy uh-huh. and flighty and yep. every, everything but anointed. Yes. <laughs> everything but what yes. God has called you to be when yes. I first became a, tra- a trailing spouse, so to speak, and had to step away from practicing law full time in support of my husband. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of people, they, you know, submission is challenging for a lot mm-hmm. of folks. Oh, project their yes. stuff. And then, you know, are you sure about quitting? I was an attorney at Rolls Royce at the time. The first time I quit, I quit multiple times for him, for him and for his promotion where God was taking us as a family. As a family. As That's a family. beautiful. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah. You said some, I think some mind blowing things to people already that are just hearing your journey of how you have walked with God, how you have been surrounded by, by people of faith in your family this whole time. But what I felt was like breaking news is what you said in the very beginning, relationship versus religion. 
And I think that is a real common misconception, even within the church, not even just from those from the outside or that feel like they're on the outside looking in or the, or culture or the world, you know, because it's like, oh, you're very religious. You're very religious. And it's like, actually it is about this living relationship with your creator, with, with Jesus Christ. It's a living relationship. And that is, and now you're talking about some, I mean, again, breaking news, some supernatural things have happened. And it was so interesting. Juanita, I was just talking to a young lady earlier this week who is a believer. She's been wrestling with her, her faith in this season, but I love how the Lord is not afraid of our wrestle. You know, he's not afraid of our wrestle, but Mm -hmm. she was mentioning, she felt a little bit of a stirring to law. And to become a lawyer, which she just didn't quite understand, but she's also got this creative side to mm-hmm. her as well. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I don't know. And, and I've seen how the Lord has, has walked with others, but this is why I said, we're going to get towards the end of this conversation, because it's going to, I think, really blow some people's minds, set people free and give them the wisdom that they've been praying for when you, yeah. as you continue to share. But I just want to encourage those that have just stopped by um, again. Thank you for those that are um, that are here and just kind of listening and absorbing all this beautiful wisdom from Juanita's story. But oh, also, she said HBC for the for those that don't know, historically black colleges that yes, for my universities. and universities <laughs> uh, for all of our friends out there that might not know the acronym. But but again, you just talking about the Lord helping you, you being so tender and humble of heart to even ask the Lord to help you study mm-hmm. even well, on the day-to-day well you know and that's the thing is like when you hit rock bottom in your own strength mm. when you've done all that you can do mm-hmm. in your natural capacity for where you are at the moment yeah um I had nothing but God I had nothing I mean that advisor was just like you're not, no law firm is ever going to want you. No judge is ever going to hire you. Wow. You'll never work in a corporation. I did all of those things, mm. all of those things. And mm. he was like, you should drop out. And it wasn't like I failed classes. I just made mm. a C. Yeah. But in making C's in graduate school, that's sure. failure, you know? Yeah. So he, he, he told me that. And I remember the color of the carpet because wow. my head was hung so low and I felt like, maybe I should not do this. And it was actually, you know, and God works through people mm. and he will send you people and messages that you need. It, it's mm. true when it says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by our testimonies. Mm. And that's why I'm so vocal when asked, I don't try to push it yeah. on people. When people ask me, well, how did you do this? And how did you get yes. to this place? I can't divorce myself from the truth and being transparent because yeah. I am not that great in and of myself just standing alone I'm you know I'm not like I'm normal I am yeah. normal I was yes. waitlisted to go to law school yes. I passed the bar on the first time someone told me to drop out of law school and that I was never going to be an attorney and I would probably it, this man specifically you will probably never pass the bar You'll never work for a judge. I work for the, one of the most prominent judges in Memphis. No law firm will ever hire you. I work for the largest prominent wow. law firm in Tennessee. No, wow. no company will ever hire you. I've been in-house counsel from everyone from Rolls Royce to Simon Property Group and done it successfully. Wow. And so, you know, the voices and the narrative, the enemy is busy. There's yeah. no problem putting out narratives that discourage 
that will try to keep you from destiny that will be counter to what you know mm-hmm. God has yeah. said in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do feel that all of that didn't happen for, for no reason. Yeah, for sure. That the testimony is there that someone else uh, needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. And for certain, uh, even though I went through all of that and it was a great journey, yeah, I've been in a, I've been a lawyer since I was 24, 25 years old. You don't okay. plateau at that point. <laughs> Nobody yeah. plateaus at yeah. that point. So even as God matures you, as he gives you new gifts and new so seasons, good. the blessings are poured out in different seasons. Mm. And it's so not good. the season for everything. So at one point That's in time, a word. Mm. all I could do was be a lawyer and a new mom. And that was enough in that season. Mm. So people look at me as a multi-hyphenate. You are seeing the cumulative yeah. journey where yeah. I am right now. I've been a lawyer for 19 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I started back back acting mm. 2012. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing, you know, a culmination of a nine-year journey. Yeah. Now I'm filmmaker, producer, and all yeah. of these awards. And even that is a journey. So I yeah. think um my biggest tool blessing capability mm. is taking God along with me on mm. the journey and I'm I'm, not, I, I will, I'm not a religious person I am very much a relationship and a faithful person but I am yeah. people will tell me all the time like you seem a little different than what we <laughs> envision Christians yeah. to be and I yeah. think it's because um, for me there is no no power in just knowing the word i pray mm. my life preaches louder Ooh, than words. there we go that part yeah, that your I, life would preach um for those that are just curious of like how you know at 19 you just mm-hmm. you picked up your stuff you were waitlisted and mm-hmm. you but you knew that you knew that you had a calling and a purpose to law yes. um i'm just curious like for those that are listening to this conversation or this podcast and they just don't know how to even hear the voice of God. And I know the Lord can speak to us in a variety of ways, but yes, he can. for, for you in that moment, and I think it's actually really important that you share just like from your, your story, but how I'm always, you know, like a little kid, you know, with each person's testimony and story. So how did he do it for you? How mm-hmm. did that work? What do you mean when you say you, you heard God speak to you or you, or you knew that you were supposed yeah. to go to law and you and everything again, everyone, we saw all the outside external things said she was waitlisted. She had no business trying to become a lawyer. And yet here we are. Yeah. Um, I remember getting the waitlist notification, the letter. This is, mm-hmm. this is back before like email was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember getting the letter in the mail and I remember where I was standing by the mailbox at my mom's house um and I read it and I had this you know sometimes people can swear that God talks to them audibly Mm. I never audibly heard God's voice Mm. except for in a dream like Mm. I've had dreams where God has audibly talked to me but I've never heard a voice while Mm. I am in a wake I probably because God knows us I would dismiss that and say (laughs) there's a pill for that I don't have to suffer with that you know, from hearing voices, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like yes. God knows yes. our capacity to even receive. I had a steel, you know, when it talks about God, give me the peace that surpasses understanding that is mm. odd. That why would you feel that way? I cannot explain why I had this. It was a warm feeling. I get that. 
I get these warm feelings of waves where it is a peace that comes to say stand. And then I get a thought that I know is not really my thought because it's not how I think. Um, I am very much like, uh, I'm very much a lawyer. Like I'm very objective, very rational, very, okay, this is probably gonna happen because of this, 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 and this. So radical thinking um, that I've learned to have that muscle because of all the radical things that God has done. Sure. But my natural fallen state of man flesh mm-hmm. is not to think radical, wild faith. Oh, I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people. Mm-hmm. So I was standing at the mailbox and this, this warm wave came over me um, of peace to say, just pack your bags anyway. And then in the word of God, when it talks about iron sharpens iron, okay. I had a prayer partner and a friend. Okay. She was going to get her uh, PhD. Okay. in psychology she had applied to university of howard she was waitlisted as well it's my best friend prayer partner we both got the notice at the same time i called wow. her and i said i'm gonna pack anyway and she said me too and i said i'm just gonna stand on faith she said me too so we pa- we both packed listen and we both were admitted by the time we got to where we were going one can chase away a thousand and two can put 10,000 to flight. Listen, somebody needed that word right now. I mean, some of y'all are just like, what is holding me up? And I think you need a partner in crime. And I mean, a prayer partner, someone who's your ride or die. I'd like the word says an iron, like iron sharpening iron. I have to give full, I I give her shout outs all the time. Shirley (laughs) Renee Ball Hodges. It's a married (laughs) name now. I call her Renee or Shirley, you know. Uh Um, You need, And I encourage young people, you need a person that is, you know, being evenly yoked is beyond marriage. It is friendship. It is friendship is being evenly yoked. You need somebody um, that's going to be able to pray you out, pray you out from underneath the table, as Brene and I say, but sometimes (laughs) you can get to a place of paralyzed fear and anxiety. And that's real to the point where you're just sitting underneath the table. Like, I don't want to come out. That's right. You know, it's overwhelming. It's too much. I have been there and someone has to pray you out from underneath the table. Come on. That's yes, indeed. And and it's like Jonathan and David, Mm. that type of friendship where sometimes David won the battles and sometimes Jonathan Mm. won the battles and it's your season for blessings, but somebody has got to be there to have your back. No one succeeds in a bubble. We are not meant to be in solidarity. We are meant to partner. Mm. We are meant, even when a woman would marry she would leave her family and go live with the husband's family (laughs) it would be a whole community yes and so we need community we need prayer partners Mm. she was the person that helped pray me through my parents you know my father got on the phone and Mm. made some phone calls like what are you all doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but Mm -hmm. by the time he made that call I was already in the car and I'm like look I've got a certain amount of time to register I'm gonna I pack my trunk I yeah. literally had a Rubbermaid. It was blue and gray. I never used my Rubbermaid trunk. Yes. And, my, and, my, and I just, and I knew that God was with me. I mm-hmm. knew, and sometimes you just have to stand. I gotten a lot of uh, graduation gifts. I just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Someone gave me the promises of God, this little booklet mm-hmm. with like 40 promises of God standing on his promises. And I've been reading that um, and going to Bible study and just, and didn't know that I would need to apply it. Mm-hmm. So it was a number of different things. I do have those ways of peace. Okay. When I shouldn't have, when, when the news is bad yes. and I shouldn't have peace, yes. but I have it anyway. 
There we go. That's there when I know that that's in, in, yeah. And I, and I do have God does come to me in dreams. Sometimes mm -hmm. I've had mm -hmm. serious yep. dreams where I know it yep. wasn't the pasta that I ate late that night. Come on. <laughs> And yes. Lord, yes. Woo! Yeah. This conversation is about to blow somebody's <laughs> mind and bless them. And uh, yes. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Now, um, I first came across uh, the work that you do through a fun clip. Um, I think it was on Instagram for your, your Amazon prime show where it's streaming right now, your expat, your expats show. And before I get into the show that, mm -hmm. um, that you produce, that you star in um, with your family. I want to back up just a little bit to, to find out how did you meet your husband on, on this, um, on my podcast, you know, we talk a lot about purpose and romance and, mm -hmm. and how the Lord is operating in both areas. And that's what I'm passionate about. And I love hearing stories and sitting at the feet of people to hear how God un unveiled someone or something and the journey of that. And so I think Let's start with how you met your husband and then kind of lead us into this show. And, sure. and now you're in Taiwan. Uh, sure. Yes. Incredible. I met my husband on an arranged blind date, believe it or not. <laughs> I know it still works. It happens. So we had a mutual friend who knew him and knew me. And she was like, I think I have someone for you to meet. And um, I honestly told her, this is, okay, so you talk about the journey. Um, at that time, I think I was like 26 and I was done dating. Okay. I was just like, that's it. I'm going to date Jesus. Okay. And I told her, I'm not dating right now. It's just me and Jesus and we're good. Okay. And I'm not going, I don't do blind dates. I've never done a blind date. And I was so intensely into developing this relationship with God because I had been heartbroken so many times okay and i actually have been engaged before yes to a guy who swore he was christian who actually turned out to be a different religion but it lied to me because he knew how much okay that my faith meant to me okay and it just was a bad situation okay and a bad experience so mm -hmm. i had sworn off dating <laughs> and i was like yeah i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna do it yeah um I met my husband. So it was, well, I said, it was blind for me. It was supposed to be a blind date. Yeah. He looked me up on the law firm's website. Um, so he knew to show up because he saw me. No, I was kidding. But <laughs> yes, yes. To show up. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we met at Old Charlie's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. He was a sales rep at the time. I was practicing law there. And um, September 14th, and we were inseparable ever since. We dated for seven months. And my husband proposed. The, the part that, that I, I, I'm not reluctant to share, but I just know that it's going to start a different kind of conversation. We did not fornicate. We did not. We were celibate throughout our courtship. Um, and a lot of people don't. Ooh, for my and unchurched I, people, that means no, she had no sex. They had no sex. They were having no I sex. Had, I had sex with my husband my wedding night. Wow. I did. I did. And it wasn't because both of us were virgins either. Uh -huh. And it, and when he met me, he also was abstinent and was following celibacy. And that was a journey wow. that God had him on as well. Wow. And so we Powerful. were both, and, and, and we dated with, we, it was a courtship. It was a, okay. di it's a difference between dating and courtship. Dating, mm -hmm. you're gathering data. Mm -hmm. You date multiple people. Yeah. Courtship is a Come purpose on. courtship for marriage. And we uh -huh. both were at that place. 
I honestly thought my husband was weird when I first met him in a very tell us. way. Tell and us, he, tell us. We need to know this. Uh, tell us. Yes. When I met him and he had, he had had bad experiences as well. Like he was trying to be celibate and you know, it's not always men that are pressuring folks. It's some true. women out there that put the pressure on too. And yes. so he had, had yes, true. Some, some weird experiences, but when he met me, <laughs> he asked me, I had a cross necklace on Okay, and he was like, is that just an adornment to you or is that a relationship? And I was like, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, it, was okay, very, it was very different. Okay. And then he was like, you know, so within the first five minutes of meeting me, hi, how are you? So yeah. what is God teaching you? Boom. He just got straight to it. And at that moment I, in my life, I was so guarded because of my past experience. Yeah. I was like, none of your yeah. business, <laughs> you know, mind your business. Don't, yeah. worry, don't worry about what he's teaching me, you yeah. know, my, me and my Jesus. Yes. And, it was like, and I would not pray with him when I first uh-huh. met him. Uh-huh. He honestly was like, why won't this girl pray with me? But it was yeah. because of that past experience of being misled because when Got people it. find out that it's so important to me, it's so easy yeah. for people to manipulate that yeah. aspect mm-hmm. that I was very guarded I would not yeah. pray with him um and then he had been dating maybe for like four months okay and I wouldn't pray with him we would go to we found out we were going to the same church just at different times oh my god um, going yeah and we, we hadn't met you know and so we dated we were we would talk for hours like we would go to Barnes and Nobles and meet and just talk have coffee Barnes and Nobles would close, kick us out. We would go to, um, I love it. Oh gosh. What's the shaking, shaking steak. The okay. shaking steak stays open to 2 a.m. <laughs> so we would go to shake it. Cause you have to date intentionally. If you're going to date in like be abstinent. So you have to plan that doesn't just happen. You have to be okay, intentional. That's a good like, point. We set, yeah. We set boundaries. Like he, I never saw his apartment until after we were engaged. Wow. I never stepped foot in his apartment. Wow. He only stepped foot in mine to walk me to make sure I got home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my little miniature poodle at the time would come stand between us and cry, like, get out of here, guys. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. and we we dated, we went to movie theaters, we dated with other couples. We always dated mm-hmm. in public because you are just flesh mm-hmm. and you are not that strong. You are not that great mm-hmm. in and of yourself and you're human and you're grown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, How old were you guys? How old were you guys when? 26. Uh, 26. 26 when wow. we met, 27 when I got married. And um, yeah, I mean, you have to be intentional about dating with purity and righteousness. You have to Mm. be, it doesn't just happen. Yeah, I think um, mm, mm, that's a good point. That's so when we, uh, (laughs) he he asked God, he prayed Gideon's prayer. Mm. God, give me a sign. If this is my wife, he told Mm. me, I didn't know he prayed this. He told me he prayed God, if she's my wife, let her pray in front of me because she will not pray with me. <laughs> but if she is my wife, please. Let. And so I, I wouldn't pray with him because I just had been hurt and it was, it yeah. was I was in a weird place with it. Yeah. Um, and we were at this benefit, charity benefit. I was on a board of Bethany Christian Services, adoption services. I mm. sat on their board. We were at their dinner. My mentor at the law firm I was with at the time, um, we had a dinner of like 500 people and the pastor that was supposed to bless the food didn't show up. So my mentor leaned over to me and said, go up there and give the, give the blessing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I mean, and yeah. Keenan was with me. He was my guest. Oh, okay. And so Keenan was like, oh, 
I'm going to hear her pray. And he had just prayed that the day before. So that's how he knew. That was his because sign. Again, yeah, because a man that findeth the wife, mm. I wasn't trying to convince him. You know? I think that's really important. Yes. Yeah. For us as women to not have to try to convince this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, and it doesn't, now you can't stay hidden and not be found. So I almost miss yeah. my husband not going out on the blind date. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you can't be found if you're hiding, but it is not up to you to convince. Yeah. Me and I no. agree. And, yeah. and so God gave him yeah. that confirmation and, um, Mm. He, he asked my father to marry me. I didn't so know sweet. that he was doing that. So sweet. And then um, he was top sales rep at the pharmaceutical company that he worked at that year. Wow. He got a quota trip uh, to Maui. Mm-hmm. And I, he asked me to go with him. And I'm like, well, I'll only go if I stay at a different resort because we're not playing those kind of games. <laughs> you know, we're not going to tempt ourselves. <laughs> so I went, I stayed at a different resort. Wow. And on that trip, I had told myself, I was like, I think we need to break up because <laughs> it's, it's taking too long for him to ask me to marry him because I, I knew I was a wife and okay. I knew and I felt like he was the one, uh-huh. but I felt like he was dragging his feet. It was only seven months, but that I just felt yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also think that at a certain particular time, a man knows and you can let people waste your time. Mm. and I wasn't going to allow yeah. someone to do that yeah so I had it in my mind that we were going to break up after this trip because oh he kept God. introducing me as his girlfriend right and I'm like, I am not a girlfriend I am a wife <laughs> and then the yeah. word girlfriend became offensive to my spirit oh no like, yes I was like this is, just doesn't feel right yeah um and we were in Maui at four seasons after dinner one day and he had arranged for rose petals and candles on this pier Beautiful. And got down on one knee and recited Proverbs 31 to me and told me that they, that's how he saw me. And we got engaged. We were married six months later and we've been together 16 years. 16, so, 16 years. years. And so I moved from Chattanooga to Indianapolis for his job. Okay. And then moved from Indianapolis to London was our first stint. Okay. Um, and quit, you know, my full-time work as traditional work as an attorney. Traditional. Yes. You're traditional still working. Role. You're still yes. working. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, the tra- in the traditional sense. Yeah. And then uh, we moved back to Indianapolis. We lived in London for almost five years, moved back to Indianap- Indianapolis for two, and then two years ago, moved to Taiwan. And mm. I quit my job again, my traditional legal yeah. job uh, uh-huh. again, and but happily so, because God had done a work on me in embracing mm. all that this multi-hyphenate sort of mm. uh, state that I find myself in now has been a mm. journey Mm. as well and it hasn't all been easy I didn't even know that trailing spouse spouse syndrome or depression Mm. was a thing Mm -hmm. but really it was just can you define that term can you define that term trailing spouse trailing spouse and you can be a trailing spouse at at first I hated the term I'll tell you why I don't hate it now but uh trailing spouse just means that you are following your spouse Mm. and your spouse is leading you to a new place because mm. of a new job uh-huh. or okay. you know, a new opportunity, but it's not your job. It's your other, your spouse. Sure. Job. Okay. Okay. So Got call, it. They call industry wise. They call it a trailing spouse. I used to hate that term. Okay. It sounded like roadkill being drugged behind a yeah. car. Yeah. Like dead squirrel. Just yeah. Ride, and I hated that term. Yeah. Um, and it is trailing spouse syndrome is an actual uh. diagnosis of when, you know, if you imagine working all that time to be a a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And so often you are, your purpose and identity is in what you do in your profession. Yep. 
you work really hard to attain something. I knew that I heard from the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, so it was very, very near and dear to me being a yeah. lawyer. Um, and then you give all that up. Yeah. So I to see. speak in a traditional yes. way. Yeah. And yeah. so for the first four months, when we moved to London, I sat on the couch and cried every day. Wow. I felt isolated. Mm -hmm. I felt alone. I felt like my husband came there with purpose. And even though we had two small children, I had never been a stay-at-home mom before. And mm -hmm. I love my kids and I wanted to be around them, but I just didn't feel like it fit all of the multiple sides of me. Mm -hmm. Then I felt guilty for feeling that way because mm -hmm. you had other stay-at-home moms that were like, that should just be enough. Why do you need anything more than sure. that? You're a bad mom for not wanting to be a full-time mom 24-7 mm -hmm. and for that not being enough. I had legal colleagues that were like, you're crazy. Sure. But, and, and I'm from the South. I'm from mm -hmm. Tennessee. So, you know, we have a phrase, yeah. believe in that good job, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Don't you quit your good job? That's you know, right. and so That's right. I, left, I left my good job and, yep. and followed my husband. And then you have those who submission and um, being in a place where you are the background of someone's foreground. Mm is a challenge for some that I like, I, I would never do that. You were being groomed for the federal bench. Are you crazy? Why are you mm -hmm. doing that? Mm -hmm. You should, you know, do you know what you're giving up? Mm -hmm. um, are you sure about this? And just all of these voices of and seeds of doubt that are planted there where you start to question yourself as to what have I done? Yeah. And it becomes a very lonely, isolated place. So tra trailing spouse depression is just from being in that position. Sure. Sometimes you have the onset of sadness and confusion and yep. isolation. Yeah. And I went through that. I didn't know at the time that that's what that was. Okay. I didn't know until I did the show that trailing spouse syndrome and depression was an actual thing. That mm. I just knew that I was sad, sat yes. on that couch, gained yes. like 15 pounds because yeah. I was just, you know, carbs hugged me from the inside. <laughs> yes. So I was yes. just sitting there and sad um, without a feeling of, the identity and purpose that I knew God had given me. And now I felt mm. like it was gone. Yeah. But yeah. I knew that I was submitting and I was supporting. So why do I feel this way? Yeah. And I, I love that, you know, you are so free and using the word submission. I know that is such an offensive word to so yeah. many people. It used to be very offensive to me as well. And, and, you know, I feel like there's such a expansive definition of that word though, too, where it's yeah. not, it's not, the imagery, I think oftentimes in culture, even for us as women or in Christian women too, specifically, you know, I used to think, you know, when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, so it's basically like you put a collar around my neck mm -hmm. and you just tell me what to do. And yeah. you, and in this aspect and knowing really what the command of love is in the new Testament, where there's, it's really, it's mutual submission as well too. But yes. for the woman, it's a, it's a place of beautiful surrender and protection when you have that right, the right man, that, you know? Yes. Well, um, and that's the thing. It's like, I knew that God was leading him. So it really, yeah. submission is not about, I, and you know, I hope I don't offend anybody in saying this. It's not really about me submitting to my husband. Mm -hmm. It's about me submitting to God and about me submitting. I know what you're saying. Yeah, to the yeah. call that God has yeah. on his life and where God is leading him. Yeah. Because the verse, now oftentimes we don't want to finish the verse. It says, submit ye one to another. Yep. And what does male submission look like? Yeah. No, it's you good. Know? And I love, I love, I love that you said too, like you're submitting to God, but also you, you, you chose like a man that you knew that loved God. You trust yes. him. Yes. And I think too, like without those things in play, 
like there you there, you you it can't work. It, it wouldn't would work. Not work no it would not work at all and in no. fact you know because we are all uh works in progress we are all growing god is always doing a work on us yeah his journey of submitting to god and of working on male submission what does that look like mm -hmm. people in the church i've only had one or two pastors that have ever really preached or even touched wow. on that mm -hmm. that i've ever heard of mm -hmm. because no one wants to finish that verse wives yeah. submit to your husbands husbands submit to your wives submit ye one to another is yeah. the entire verse and nobody yeah. wants to focus on that so submission yeah. becomes easy when it's mutual yeah you know it's like a term yeah. in a contract indemnification is very you know burdensome if only one party is doing it there we go you know, listen remedies and damages are very burdensome in a contract if only one party has them but when you have mutual listen mutual indemnification mutual mm. damages mutual remedy mm. it becomes a a fair playing ground mm -hmm. because my submission to you you can't abuse my submission yeah because god is going to be there to check you on that because before I'm your wife, I'm his daughter. Boop, and I'm boop, boop, boop. his daughter. Boop, boop. And my daddy doesn't like for anybody to mishandle me. And he doesn't like anybody to mishandle his son either. There we go. I think being Beautiful. a mother, yeah, Beautiful. being a mother of both a girl and a, and a boy, I have a son and a daughter. Yeah. And seeing um, God in them and the mm. love of God in their lives mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. women, mm. understanding that God loves my husband just as much as he loves me. He doesn't want me to abuse his submission towards me either and his support of me. You know, he doesn't want yeah. us to abuse each other. And yeah. so, like you said, that mandate of what love really is, yeah. is a journey. Now, I'm not yeah. here to say that it's been perfect because <laughs> we have had, we have had that, that first stint in London tested us as individuals. It tested mm. our marriage. It tested mm. our faith. It tested mm. everything. Mm. Uh, but we were stronger for it every time we step out and on these expat type of assignments and journeys, it mm. strengthens us. And I think one, I know for a fact that we are still reaping a harvest of the seeds mm. of righteousness we sow when we recorded. Mm. I know that for a fact, because mm. God honors obedience over sacrifice mm. and that's real. And when you sow a seed of righteousness, you reap a whole harvest. Mm. And it's not, you know, you don't just, just reap for one season, you keep reaping that. God, is, yeah. God, God doesn't change. That's word so doesn't change that's so and good so i stand on that um and i thank god for the strength and the wisdom uh not for my own understanding but to all glory to him for even yeah. giving us the insight to be able to do that mm -hmm. um to be able to know how to do that to not mm -hmm. have a blueprint my my mother and father are are beautiful people they're divorced mm -hmm. my husband grew up not knowing his dad single mom was raised by his grandmother until she mm -hmm. passed away at 12 and so it's not as though we had a blueprint other than the word of God on how to do this correctly. So that was the only thing we did look to because it's beautiful. We look to. Beautiful. Now we're almost out of time, guys. I'm, I'm oh, so wow. sorry. There is so, there is so much. I know we get into these conversations and it's just, yeah. it's so rich. And we start to recall all the beautiful things that God has done. And um, I want to, we didn't get to really talk a whole bunch about her show, but I want to actually encourage you guys to check out. Um, and can you tell us the quick definition of expats for those that don't yes. use that, that word in their normal daily lives? Yes. What is that? 
so an expat is short for expatriate it's just somebody that goes to live in another country other than the one that they were born for or born to so you can have um, expats that go for work that go with corporations there are expats that go and teach abroad Mm -hmm. Um, students that go and study abroad are also considered expats you're an expatriate meaning you're in another country other than what you're born in and there hadn't been in the unscripted genre of television, there hadn't been a show that showed that. I also wanted to put forth positive images, um, have a show that you can press play with you. I think the best feedback that we've gotten is that parents, grandparents could press play on this show, sit their kids down in front of it and walk away and don't have to worry about what they're gonna see or worry about having to have weird conversations or anything. It's very family friendly. And also in the world that we're living in right now, it was important to me to put forth positive images of people of color yes so we have everybody from you know it's it's our family obviously at being black and african-american um through our lens but there is a variety of people on the show we're shooting season two right now awesome on amazon prime um we are webby award honorees this year we have yay two telly awards um i'm really excited and we are actually just found out we are on the ballot for the Emmy nomination. So we Aww. are internally, they're voting to see yes. whether or not we get nominated. So nice. I'm excited about that. Yes. And um, it was just a joy to do. It took us two years okay. and it just follows the journey of my family and other expats and other people of color living abroad. And what does that mean? And how does that look? And what a year we chose to do it during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it chronicles for third culture kids as well, because you get to see a lot of my kids and what they experience and what they go through. And I wanted children to be able to see themselves internationally Mm -hmm. and to start thinking about seeing and living beyond where they are at the time, because it changed my life. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Well, people want to reach out to you or find out more about your journey. Um, I I referenced in the beginning of this conversation, she's a multi-hyphenate. So she's an attorney, an author, uh, an actress. She's producing this show. Uh, she's a wife, a mom. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to kind of pick her brain some more or just support or check out things, uh, where can people uh, find you, Juanita? Yes. I am Juanita Ingram on all social media handles, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even Snapchat. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> not on there. I'm, even TikTok. My daughter got me on TikTok. Listen. So yes, I'm just doing all the things that she yes. teaches me to do. Yes. Um, and I am Juanitaingram.com is the website. They can also go to expatsshow.com, uh, uh, expats show on all social media, handle on YouTube and everything. And you know, what we really need are positive reviews on Amazon, especially if you love the show. If you like, I get yeah. so many inbox messages i'm like great and go put that on amazon (laughs) Um, and to stream the show to watch it to Mm -hmm. share it and enjoy it and just be supportive of something positive yeah Yeah. that's yes yeah Yeah. that's what got me just number one it's it's so funny. It's so lighthearted. It's for the family and it's, it's so positive. And, and to see someone like you, a woman like you, um, that's at the forefront of this, um, definitely wanted to support and, and, and let people know like that this show exists and that you are doing some incredible things. And I love how open you are about your relationship with God and how we, you know, started the conversation, you know, in terms of like your journey into faith, how you got to know Jesus, you broke it down real beautifully in the very beginning. You know, it's not simply about religion. It's not about religion, really. It's about 
relationship with a living God. And so I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some, some fun feedback, some fun things in my inbox, some fun comments uh, when this gets released and even on Facebook. Um, this is called, this podcast is called Patrice's Playlist uh, because I love music. Um, again, I have that creative, that creative side of me and it comes out in music, but I want to know, um, I ask all my guests, what are, or who are three, um, artists that you're listening to, or what are three songs that, um, that you're listening to in Ooh. this season of life? And it could be the full gamut. It, it can be gospel, it could be worship. It could be uh, yeah. contemporary. It could be anything, um, just to give us a little peek into your world. Yes. Oh gosh. Right now I'm listening to even me, mm -hmm. uh, by his last name is Cooley. I always mispronounce his first name. He passed away recently. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, it starts with a P. Oh gosh. And I always forget his first name, but it says it's a gospel song called even me. Okay. Um, and it just talks about God blessing you and and why not me you know mm -hmm. can you look down and yolanda mm -hmm. adams did a cover of it as well mm -hmm. but the one that i'm listening to is a cover uh daryl cooley okay um or coley maybe i've been in too many countries so sometimes my vowel, <laughs> yeah my, my vowel pronunciation between the british that's the fine yeah it's either daryl Colley or daryl cooley or coley how do i spell the last name how do you spell it c-o-l-e-y okay Cool. And it's this acapella version. Okay. Um, and uh, sorry, Darrell. Yes. Yep. And his voice is like an instrument. Mm. Uh, I play five instruments. Mm. So I've been just a big fan of his voice okay. because it's, it's almost, it's like an instrument to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm listening to that. Oh uh, gosh, what was I listening to the other? I, I now I'm very balanced. I'm not gonna lie and be like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to gospel. Music. No, uh, DJ Khaled and his new album is everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Tell, let everything. us know. Yes, I, I love reggae music, and yes. um, the one he has with Bouju Bantan is probably my favorite. It's the very last song on the on the album. Um, okay, turn my volume down so it doesn't start playing. Um, Where you come from is one of my okay great ones i'm trying to think of a third one because i listen to i listen to everything let me just go to my uh library i listen to so oh <laughs> my favorite artists i've been listening to a lot of prince yes so prince. it's my absolute favorite artist but the, my mom actually put me on to prince as a child because she had such mm -hmm. respect for him because he had he played every instrument yeah incredible um, artist. and he was just an incredible artist mm -hmm. and so i listened to a lot of old I won't say old music, but like classics. Mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to The Foreigner the other day, The Whispers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. I know all these I groups. Listen, yeah. Yes. I listen to yeah. everything. So yes. I, I was in the band in high school, like marching band. I was drum major and I marched all four years in college band at Tennessee State. So mm. um, musicianship is. See, I'm a musician. I tell people that I was like, see, uh -huh. is, is we, we see you, Anita. We see you with this, all this creativity that you have yeah, and all I this just, gifting that I God has look, given you. Well, God is, uh, you know, he, everything that is creative comes from him because he Come is on. the ultimate creator. Yeah. So when you have something new and that's why, and, and the, the journey with this show was very challenging, mm -hmm. but you know, you have to hold on to what God gives you because mm -hmm. 
anything that is new, that is different, that you're doing that hasn't been done before, that didn't really come from you. I remember where I was standing in London when God gave me the idea of this show. We used to do Soul Food Sundays and all the Black people would get together and do barbecues. We would run around on the lawn and playing Beyonce and Frankie Beverly Mays. And I looked up and there was Windsor Castle. And then I looked back down and everybody there was a vice president or a director or some type of doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, you know, standing in the, yeah. in the yard or in the garden, as yeah. they would say. And I knew that that imagery of positive images for people of color had not been put forth in that particular way. It's certainly not in the setting of us living abroad, but that yeah. idea comes from above, you know, mm. so that creativity, I just give all credit to where I am, not because I'm, I'm not that great. So, <laughs> uh, well, we think you're, we think you're pretty great. God is the most great, but That's we do right. think that you are great. Well, Juanita, I want to thank you for taking some time to sit down with us and to have this conversation. And there are so many sweet nuggets that you gave us uh, throughout this whole conversation, especially in context of your relationship with God your career, your dreams, your relationship, meeting your husband, all these things, God has been the through line. And so I just want to encourage every single person that's listening or even watching this, that God is involved in the details. I never like that phrase. It's the devil in the details, because no. I think that's actually really wrong. I yeah. think it's God who is about all of our details. He knows the number of hairs that are on our head. So yeah. why would he not want to be a participant involved leading at the forefront of yeah. our lives? And so Juanita, I just want to thank you for taking the time. Our time is up, but I hope to to hear more from you. I hope to, uh, I can't wait now for this new season that's coming out. Number one, yes. I'm excited about that. <laughs> and congratulations on all the incredible things you've been doing. We will be continuing to support you and pray Thank for you and your family. And I appreciate uh, that we need it. And I, I appreciate all of the support. And Thank you so much for having me and sharing this wonderful platform that you've made so that people like myself can come on and, and share information. So thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, I love it when people share a part of their secret history with God or the story or the journey of their experience with God. It just fuels so much faith in my heart and in my own journey. And I think that's the reason why we're we're meant to share, you know, our stories and what God's done in our lives. And so from Juanita's getting into law school, that miracle, um, and then also meeting her now husband. And that leads me to the line that I actually really loved. And she talked about being found. And I love that she said, you know, you can't be found if you're hiding. And so therefore she went on that blind date, right? And now we know she's married and has kids and is again doing all the things and it's incredible. But I just felt really encouraged to tell you, like, ask God if there's any space or place in your life that you are maybe just in fear or hiding. I mean, I know I talked a big game. I said, like, I'm ready for this, that, and the other, or this kind of spouse or what have you. And then when someone would sort of come into my sphere, I would just cower. I would just ah, reverse, reverse, reverse. And um, I personally needed uh, some coaching and some pastoring and some help to kind of get past those blocks that I didn't even realize at the time were blocks. And so um, if you can relate to that, you can just like put your little, your hand up right now because <laughs> I know, I know what that's like, but I just felt so encouraged when she said that, like, you know, it's time to get out of hiding. You don't have to be afraid to be seen. Uh, you are incredible. You are a catch. And for those that are married in relationships, um, I pray that you 
feel encouraged and strengthened to really appreciate um, the gift that God's given you in that person. And if you're in search of a community, especially if you're a single woman, where you're wanting just revived hope for your own love story or how to get past some of those blocks, you can definitely find me at togethergoodco.com. You can DM me on the socials and kind of ask about what my community does and how we pray for you, encourage you, and give you some tools, like some real practical tools. And then, of course, there's my teaching series the beautiful connection method as well. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Juanita. I'm going to leave all of her information in the show notes of this podcast. So like her website where you can find her on the socials and then also her show, the expats international Ingrams on Amazon prime. Definitely give that a look and let us know, let her know what you think. And, um, Yeah, show her some love on the socials. And I cannot wait to share with you um, our next guest um, on the podcast. And until then, I hope you have fun enjoying your unique good in the world. And I will talk to you next time. Bye, guys.